So hello and welcome to the Block Demon podcast. Today we're joined by Chris Sharp, CTO of Block Demon, and Avery Ching, CTO and co-founder of Aptos, to take a closer look into the Aptos ecosystem and diving deep into the theme of fostering resilience and scalability in the Aptos network. Um, so Chris and Avery, you both come from extremely interesting engineering backgrounds. Avery, you've worked on building and scaling the engineering team for Instagram. Chris, you've worked on building and scaling the engineering team for Apple Pay. Avery, maybe starting with yourself, could you give me an overview of your professional background and career history uh, before turning over to uh, Chris? Absolutely, I'll try to I try to keep it brief. Um, so, I went to school at Northwestern University. Uh, I, was, I was graduating a little bit early, and I didn't know what to do. And so, my my advisor told me, "Why don't you get a PhD?" And uh, I, I agreed. Um, so, I ended up spending the next um, you know five and a half years uh, in, the, in the guts of high performance computing and supercomputing specifically. Uh, working on things like MPI and parallel file systems and scheduling applications uh, that support um, some of the largest scientific workloads in the world, such as finding element analysis, protein folding, um, uh, and, and other kinds of simulations. Uh, after that, I went to work at Yahoo for four years on web search and helped build out some, some cool tools. One of those was Apache Giraffe, a large-scale graph processing system that's open source and available to do things like page rank, matrix factorization, other kinds of uh, applications. Uh, fast forward a little bit, I joined Facebook in 2011 um, and worked on the data infrastructure team, helped build out that technology stack from things like Corona, which was our MapReduce implementation to Hive. Um, I also helped us uh, scale Spark to the scale that, you know, of, of petabytes and exabytes at, at Meta, uh, and also working distributed scheduling. In 2018, I joined the Libra team as a pretty early engineer and started off working on consensus and eventually grew to become the uh, blockchain uh, platform lead uh, encompassing the blockchain space, uh, uh, custody solutions and, and ecosystems around that, that product. Uh, and finally, in 2021, as it seemed like we were not able to launch blockchain from within Meta, uh, we kind of left uh, to to do it outside and have a wider scope. And that's where Aptos Labs was formed. Great stuff. And Chris, yourself, maybe a bit of your professional background, career history, um, touching sure. on those points. Yeah, thanks, Connor. Um, I joined Blockdemon uh, in May of, uh, of last year, 2022. Uh, prior to that, um, I had spent uh, previous 23 years at, at Apple. Uh, most recently, uh, had the privilege from 2000 and uh, late 2012 to 2022, building um, all aspects of, of Apple Pay. Um, so it includes uh, you know, everything from you know, credit and debit card uh, provisioning to transit to identity, uh, worked on Apple Cash and later Apple, Apple Card, um, just had, had my fingers pretty much in everything. Uh, prior, prior to the experience with Apple Pay, I uh, have had the privilege of working on, um, I think, what would be considered the world's first electronic SIM. Um, and all these years later, in iPhone 14, I think it's actually, uh, you know, shipping uh, in, in uh, mass numbers of products and, and, and whatnot. So that was a really cool experience. Um, and before that, um, did, some, did some things around dot .Mac and MobileMe and iTools, uh, and then really started my career at Apple um, on the credit card uh, processing side of things. And so uh, in some ways, it was sort of full circle uh, payments to not payments back to payments uh, in, in some ways. So that's been quite a, quite a journey. I've had a, a, a really wonderful time, uh, you know, build, building great products, sh shipping them to consumers. Uh, and and just thrilled to be working on some really cool things uh, with with the block team and team now. That's great, Chris. And Avery, could you briefly describe what Aptos is and how does it set itself apart from the other layer ones in the market today? I would love to. Um, so in 2018, when we were thinking about 
what Meta would do within within the blockchain space. We looked around, we saw you know Bitcoin and Ethereum and some other projects starting to take off a little bit, and thought you know this is really cool tech, this is super novel, uh, and you know what what do we think is the right tool set and the right interfaces and and scalability stack to support kind of the billions of people that come to Meta every day. And with that in mind, we built out a new programming language called Move, a safer way of uh, programming smart contracts and something that would actually support the scale in terms of performance that Meta would need. Also, that we started to build out a new technology stack called the, the DM blockchain, which, you know, referring to Chris's background, was going to be around payments uh, initially as a use case, but broadly speaking, could it be applied to any kind of blockchain use cases in the future. Uh, and so, kind of the, that's our differentiating uh, thoughts really around solving two problems in the, in the, in the space. One is around the US, U.S. experience specifically, there's a lot of challenges with respect to how do people onboard into blockchain. It's very cumbersome with mnemonics, uh, with private keys and things to memorize. And if you lose them, of course, you lose everything. Uh, and how do we solve those from kind of a more uh, user user point of view? And we have some really cool things in the in the blockchain, such as key rotation, management of keys and custody through smart contracts uh, that provide novel solutions there. Uh, and then from the kind of infrastructure side, how do you build a system that scales the same way the internet does? Uh, imagining what cloud computing has done for new applications across the world uh, to support billions of people in Instagram, in uh, YouTube, and in, in products like Apple Pay, um, we have to have a blockchain technology that can scale with it. And thinking about how do we design from the ground up an infrastructure that can support all the resources uh, that validators have available to them. So uh, as, as blockchain gets more and more powerful machines available to them and supports them in, even in, in different kinds of environments, how does the blockchain take advantage of them to, to support the largest applications in the world? Fantastic. And I know you, you mentioned Move there, and I'd love to double click on that in a moment. But first of all, I'd like to touch on the topics of scalability and resilience. Both topics extremely important for Instagram, Apple Pay, and now Aptos and Blockdaemon. Um, Aptos officially launched in 2022, but the the heartbeat of the chain, the, the consensus protocol, you know, when reading the Aptos white paper, it was ten- tested extensively in several iterations ever since 2019 with dozens of node operators, multi-wallet ecosystem. Just talk to me maybe about the journey, you know, taking a step back. What's What has the journey been like towards preparing for mainnet launch over the years and laying the groundwork for network resilience and how you think about scalability and resilience, particularly from an infrastructure perspective? Uh, wonderful question, Connor. So I think something that's really underestimated in this industry is the challenge of building distributed systems and deploying them into production. Um, if you've kind of worked in that space, I, I've done a lot of them uh, in the past. It usually takes many years before the system becomes reliable and ready for deployment at the scale of something like a meta. Um, having done that with Spark, having done that with our, our map implementation, Hive, et cetera. Um, and then you take the challenges of blockchain, which are 100x harder. That system that you've been building now is, has to survive resiliency in a public atmosphere and a public environment. Uh, and that's just way more tricky. There's economics involved. There's governance involved. Um, there's thoughts about how do you think about decentralization and what do you consider the most important components? And so just appreciating that fact a little bit, we, we been, began building in 2018. Uh, we worked with a bunch of amazing node, provider, uh, node providers such as Block Daemon uh, and others actually from those early days to deploy um, what we had like a private DM mainnet and you know trained uh, alongside these operators in terms of how do we do upgrades in a scalable way. That's one of our key differentiators. Um, the, the idea is that technology in, in for blockchain is just in the early innings right now. We're not at the maturity of a PostgreSQL or MySQL DB where the improvements are more incremental in nature. We're still the space where it's a lot of exploring about the technology stack and how you know how do we get to that maturity uh, where where technology is going to be on a less you know less ascending curve. Um, and so for us, 
upgradability is key. And we tested that with our node modifiers from day one in you know, 2019, 2020. Could we change our transensus protocol uh, seamlessly? And we did that with our node operators multiple times. And most recently in February, we, we were able to do our first upgrade where uh, we, we did a pretty major in, improvement in terms of the new move features that came available, new cryptography primitives from the platform side. And coming up uh, soon, uh, I think probably in April or May, uh, most likely May, we'll be seeing uh, our, our Quorum Store go live, which is a massive improvement uh, in terms of how we did data dissemination in a parallelizable way. So that's the kind of core things that we find extremely uh, interesting and important. Uh, for, for Very interesting. And Chris, from uh, the node infrastructure side of the house, as a node operator, how does a company such as Blockdaemon contribute to the health of the Aptos network? And what role does infrastructure play in fostering resilience and scalability for the various different uh, networks that Blockdaemon supports? Yeah, uh, good question, Connor. Um, you know, in terms of, of, you know, sort of fostering resilience and scalability, um, I would look at it as, you know, we, we've been a partner uh, with with Aptos and Testnets going back, you know, in, into 2022. And, and you know, with with the, the DM, I think, lineage, you could say we were some of the first folks to, to help run some of the some of these things. Right. And so, um, it, it, you know, so so, you know, that's that's one way. You know, obviously what we bring to the table is, you know, um, multiple multiple nines of, of uptime. Um, you know, we've got, you know, cloud and and data center partnerships um, that, that make it so that we can really support the, the sort of decentralization aspects and making sure that we're uh, we're running in, in diverse um, uh, uh, you know, data centers and, and cloud infrastructure um, hosting opportunities. Um, we bring obviously 24-7, 365 uh, monitoring, alerting, engineering support. Um, you know, we, we, we have, you know, products around making sure that, that from a, from a staking perspective, um, that, you know, that, that our institutional partners are, are, are insured against any kind of uh, slashing and, and, and this sort of thing. Um, and, you know, we've got financially audited, um, you know, reports We're ISO certified, um, you know, we're, we're here to stay. We're, 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 I don't want to say the adults in the room, um, but we'll, but we take this, um, job, uh, very seriously. And we look at partnerships with, with, uh, with the, um, you know, engineers at, at Aptos as, as, as key, right? Because this is together how we, we, you know, essentially realize a sort of decentralized future. Absolutely. And. Avery, for yourself, Aptos seems to have made great strides in marrying scalability with a developer-friendly ecosystem. Specifically, you mentioned the implementation of the Move programming language as a way of building user-ready applications. Maybe talk to me a bit more about Move and some of the advantages it offers developers. Absolutely. So Move Move is designed in mind to be super safe, but also the as a part of that, as an important part of that, it really is how do you kind of get developers to deploy the applications as quickly as possible to the blockchain? Safety is kind of a, a requirement, right? You can't write an application and, and deploy it uh, unless you've been audited, well tested, um, and uh, that can take a long time uh, in different technology stacks because you know, due to a lack of auditing support in general, but also there's just so many ways you could, you know, as a programmer, you can make mistakes. Uh, and I think we're really used to a world where programmers have, have been continually making mistakes, kind of rolling forward, and and that's that's normal in, in most of the industry. But when it comes to smart contract programming, there's no room for and no tolerance for those kind of mistakes uh, that can cost people their assets and and their funds. So in this case, movies about starting off simple, um, you know, really going along the the side like the guidance of of something like a Rust language where. You know, safety first. Uh, we push all the errors in Rust to the kind of compile time phase as opposed to runtime. Uh, and the same thing is true with Move. 
there's just fewer things you can do to hurt yourself. So for example, if you have a way to represent a currency in, in, in other languages, you might represent it as an integer. And in move, uh, you know, there's ways to make mistakes with integers, right? You can accidentally forget about them in functions. You can uh, multiply them, divide them, raise them to exponents. There's a lot of things you can do, uh, which might cause, um, you know, unintended effects with respect to supply or the way that those integers are transferred between uh, users. With respect to something like move, you can have something like a coin contract or a coin standard in which those coins are, are impossible to make those mistakes on. You can't leave them behind in, in function calls. You can't uh, accidentally, you know, multiply them without, uh, you know, getting those coins from somewhere else. Um, there has to be a, a bunch of safeguards in terms of how the supplies change over time. And those just make it much safer and simpler to program with, uh, as opposed to kind of more generic programming languages um, that have been meant for, for many other kind of use cases in the past. Mm -hmm. And in terms of building the developer adoption, the developer ecosystem around Move, I recently read that the Aptos Foundation and Web3 Investor and Accelerator Outlier Ventures have announced a Web3 Accelerator, which kicks off in May. Maybe just, you know, talk to me about how important these kind of initiatives are, you know, in catering to developers, individual contributors, but also you know, building relationships with exchanges, professional blockchain infrastructure companies. How important are all of these disparate groups in, in creating a diverse ecosystem? Oh, everyone's important. I mean, I think it really takes, you know, it takes a village. It actually takes more than a village when it comes to a blockchain <clears throat> in terms of community aspects. You know, we've been very fortunate to have uh, folks like Blockdame and have been with us for a very long time. Uh, and many others in the node provider space have been supporting our network from, from many years ago. Uh, but also, as you mentioned, there's, there's, there's other ventures, there's other seller programs we're working with to help help bring the benefits of move to, to the smart contract space uh, and to, to Web3 in general. We actually ran a kind of an internal accelerator ourselves based on an internal hackathon we had back in May uh, at our office, just to understand how people felt about a new programming language and felt about deploying applications this way. You know, there's been a lot of talk about EVM as being the very dominant language in the space. And there's a lot of interesting tools around it uh, for sure. Uh, but our, our thought was, how do we take programmers and, and train them and move and see what they can do in 36 hours? And in that hackathon, they built an amazing array of things, including NFT marketplaces, wallets, uh, some games. Uh, and that really gave us the confidence to see that move was something that people could adopt easily and build quickly with. And it kind of validated our thesis around the idea that it's really about getting developer time to market. Uh, and that's something move can do extremely well. Uh, we ran our internal ha uh, hackathon program, uh, uh, in, like I said, in May. Some of those programs kind of graduate into an accelerator that we also kind of internally ran and taking a, a, a team like Outlier Ventures, who's just much better doing it than we are uh, internally and, and having that kind of grow and, and exponentially in scale. Uh, we're really excited about the new applications that will come out of it. And that's great, Avery. And you, you touched on, you know, accelerating time to market there, you know, really, really important. And Chris, on the topic of developer-friendly tooling, Blockdaemon allows anyone to spin up an, an Aptos node within five minutes with no code required via the Blockdaemon app. Just talk to me about what are the types of engineering challenges that such service involves and then how has Blockdaemon been able to overcome these and positions as a leading blockchain infrastructure provider? Sure. I mean, first of all, um, you know, we, we've we've spent uh, a lot of a lot of time in, in the trend in the trenches, right? Um, as far as understanding how to create the internal abstractions in order to be able to handle these things um, is is something that we spent a lot of time on. We have a uh, a product we call NodeQ that um, you know effectively helped us orchestrate this, and so for us, um, we're able to take 
all of the things that we've learned, um, uh, you know, across all of the different kinds of, you know, 50 or so different blockchains that we support uh, and, uh, and really codify those um, and, and automate um, and, and, you know, effectively, you know, get, get um, you know, benefits or momentum as a result of the things that we learned, um, right? And so, you know, you can, you can take two different approaches, right? You can take an approach where um, you sort of play whack-a-mole or you just kind of put things in place and hope that they work, or you can build uh, platforms. And we've, we've taken, uh, you know, I think the, the latter uh, process, which, you know, uh, is harder, but in the end, ultimately allows us to, to, move, to move more quickly. A lot of, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of what I'm doing right now at Block Demon is based on, you know, years of experience of building, um, you know, massively scalable services for, for, you know, companies like Apple, right? And, um, and so, you know, it comes down to making sure our processes uh, scale and making sure our, our, our services scale, uh, and that we have, um, you know, you know, the right people working on the right problems in any given quarter. So just, you know, classic software engineering, you know, uh, uh, practices and, and just making sure that we're applying those, um, you know, uh, as we, as we look quarter by quarter into what, what we should be doing and how we, you know, where do we make investments, uh, and, and, and whatnot. So, um, you know, our, our real North star, um, is, is just making sure that, you know, you can go to a, a web app, click a button and five minutes later, you know, get an app test node, uh, up and running, you know, so it's gotta be simple. It's gotta be secure. Uh, it's gotta be scalable. Um, you know, and, and ultimately you don't get there overnight, right? So we've made a lot of investments with a lot of smart people over many years to, you know, basically get, um, get that sort of engine fine-tuned. Absolutely, Chris. And just, you know, when we say simple, secure, you know, easily deployable, just maybe touch on what are the nut, nuts and bolts components that go into that, that actually bring that to life? Sure. Um, you know, as I mentioned, um, you know, I think it's it's first and foremost a focus on what the end user experience is going to be, right? And then working backwards from there in terms of um, all of the all of the things that have to exist. A lot of times, uh, you, you know, it's tempting to you know sort of take it a build it build it and they will come um, you know approach. And we've done we've done kind of something quite different, right? which is. We're going to sort of work on things from the platform perspective. I mentioned uh, a key component in terms of node queue all the way to the front end and making sure that those experiences are things that our customers can can use and, and not necessarily have to get into the weeds with. Um, same goes for uh, the, the sort of ubiquity API, which is, you know, our sort of blockchain agnostic uh, API, which which powers some of the some of the biggest exchanges in the world, uh, and we're and we're super proud of that because you know, obviously you, you have to from a scalability and reliability perspective build these things um, so that they're you know able to handle just a massive amount of load. At the same time, you know it really is a difficult engineering task to be able to create abstractions that facilitate blockchain agnostic access uh, and and data, and we've got. A ton of really interesting things in the pipeline uh, there that will just get you know better and better um, over time. Fantastic, Chris and Avery. For yourself, you know one thing that stood out to me from the white paper specifically for Aptos was to bring Web three to the masses. You know, as a, a parting thought here, what are some of the promising use cases that can or are being built on Aptos that leverages this? scalable infrastructure. And also, I, I noticed that earlier in March, it was announced that the Aptos NFT bridge had launched, enabling users to bridge NFTs via wormhole from other chains, such as Arbitrum, Avalanche, Ethereum, Polygon, to Aptos and vice versa. 
you know, maybe touch on that and also what are some of the, the promising use cases that you see being built on, you know, the, the bedrock of uh, reliable infrastructure that's been developed? Yeah, there's a there's a couple. There. Well, first of all, uh, you know, we were very fortunate when we launched. I think we had 30 projects come live within a day, which was amazing. Uh, and I think now it's been about five months, a little more than five months. And there are more than 100 projects live on top of Aptos. Uh, so we're really excited about the community. There's been many projects built in different kinds of um, uh, areas in focus, including gaming, social, finance, and also media and entertainment more broadly. There are a couple that I would love to call out. One of them is NPixel, a AAA gaming studio out of South Korea with millions of users in their previous hit, uh, Grand Saga. They're building the, the Web3 version of that, Grand Saga Unlimited, on uh, top of Aptos. They demoed uh, at TDC earlier this week, and they had a cool PC bong set up where people could play and test the game. Uh, and they're really trying to push the envelope here in terms of gameplay. I, mean, I think there's been a lot of talk about you know, NFTs and games and virtual economies that have been people are used to. But in terms of on-chain gameplay, I think this is an area where, where NPixel is really being able to drive some, some new ideas around proof of play and others because of the scale and size of Aptos. Uh, and, and the reason is, you know, with, with a blockchain that can support extremely low latency, I think um, some folks have probably seen the Masari report where we had the lowest uh, mainnet latency uh, available in any network out there, and also the kind of high throughput that Aptos offers due to its scalability requirements, um, that, that gamers can get a really unique experience on Web3. And then Web3 can bring utility and, and add value to a chain and to a, sorry, to a game, as opposed to kind of being like another form of tokenomics, basically. Uh, so that's something we're really excited about and, and seeing you know millions of players potentially being able to use the Aptos network uh, at scale is something that's really, really interesting. The other use case that's super exciting is, is Jingari. It's a Web3 social platform, um, kind of uh, like a, a new a new form of TikTok in so many different ways, but with so many new features uh, that include many elements of Web3 where we think there's a ton of value added. So for instance, being able to connect content creators directly with fans, supporting tipping, supporting uh, staking governance, um, and thinking about how that applies to uh, video NFTs as well as content moderation. Uh, they've taken a really interesting approach. They've already got 45 million monthly active users uh, and thinking about those users coming to Web3 on, on top of Aptos and what they can do with the, the new kind of uh, availability of, of block space uh, on the platform is, is super exciting to us as well. Very good. And um, any parting words, Avery or, or Chris, as we wrap up today, they'd like to share? I mean, the, the, the one important thing I'll say is just, I really want to, uh, I want to say I appreciate uh, what Blockdom has done in terms of being able to you know, scale up infrastructure for us. We, we've been working together for a long time since our DM days um, and being able to you know, train together and help build reliable infrastructure that spans from different kinds of data centers, different cloud environments, being able to see that you know, Blockdemon and other providers you know, of its caliber can actually shift uh, seamlessly from one region to another and also support secure infrastructure uh, where operators don't, you know, one, one mistake doesn't take down the whole fleet essentially is, is something that, you know, people take for granted, uh, but I know how complex that is having worked in infrastructure for a long time and also just being appreciative of the fact that, you know, there's something that we, we love to see um, our operators pioneering with us in terms of the techniques uh, and the training that goes into making sure you run a, a very high performance, secure uh, blockchain. And so I just want to come look at that thought. Very kind. And thank you so much. And on that note, Avery, Chris, thank you very much for your time today and uh, take care.